Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I have battled breast cancer five times in the last 23 years, and I'm in the midst of one right now. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and I am the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hello, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 25-year, almost 26-year next God, month. God, that's right. I'll have to change I this. know, I know. <laughs> Certified life coach and the author of my book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. Becky and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. You know, Sharon, before we get on with our show, something came across my my screen this morning via text. And, you know, we always try to come up with some kind of a little inspirational moment. And when this came across my phone, I just... I just felt my heart soar. I thought, this is the message because it goes so well with what we're going to talk about today. And I am—I can't tell you how excited I am about this topic today. So before we get to the topic and introduce our guests, I want to share with you, this comes from Proverbs 11.27, anyone can find the dirt in someone, be the one to find the gold. Mm, nice. I love that, um, you know, and it's true. And there's so many people who just sit around and gossip and tell everybody all the bad stuff about other people. And but be the one to to find that gold and and just that's all about being kind, you know. It <laughs> so, is, but it's also a choice because yeah. again, sometimes there are people who just love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you're finding yourself falling into that trap. It is a choice that you can dismiss yourself. You yep. can leave the conversation. You don't need to read it on Facebook. You don't, I mean, it's all a choice. Well, and, and I agree. And, I, you know, we all have stuff in our lives and in closets and places that we really don't want people to know, know about, talk about, express publicly or whatever. We all have that. And so, you know, it's kind of, if you do unto others, it's it's easier to think about it that way too, and you know this. My husband actually sent this to me on a text this morning, so thank you, Bill. I don't know if you're listening. He usually does, um, but I I really want to thank you for sending that to me because it was perfect timing. So with that, we're going to get on with our show, and our I love this. Our guest today is known as the kindness champion. Now, when we were talking earlier, she said that sometimes it sounds a little bit like. Uh, marshmallows and rainbows. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I think we need marshmallows and rainbows. <laughs> Some days <Yeah>. we do. <laughs> so Nicole J. Phillips is a champion for using kindness to overcome all of all of life's difficulties, including her own battle with breast cancer. She spreads the healing power of kindness as the host of the Kindness podcast on the radio, which airs on 17 stations and through her weekly newspaper column in North Dakota and Minnesota. She's also the author of two books, Kindness is Contagious and Kindness is Courageous. And I love those titles. I want to hear more. Uh, Nicole also, and I love this story. She also won a car this year on The Price is Right. When oh she, was in, she was in L.A. to spread, spread kindness. And I guess that's, you know, just kind of goes to, to show that, you know, what you give is what you get. So she was spreading kindness and she got a car. I love that. That's so great. welcome, Nicole. Thanks for coming to our show today. Thanks, Becky. Hi, Sharon. Great Hello. to meet you both. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, we met you through our mutual agent. One of the things that, you know, when we try to find guests to be on our show, you know, we can just kind of put the word out to 100 people on our LinkedIn accounts or or we can just post it out there on Facebook. We're looking for guests. But I, I thought I'd try something a little bit different um, this time. I actually reached out to an agent that that both Nicole and I share in common and because I know she has a lot of speakers that are breast cancer survivors. They have inf- inspirational stories. And I reached out to Barb Christensen is her name and I asked her if she had any speakers that she would be willing to push this out to that she thought would be a good match for our radio show and Nicole was one of the first to respond and when I saw her topic I thought yeah (laughs) so perfect yep so Nicole I was really happy that you accepted our invitation to join us so why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself your hobbies your family etc all that fun stuff I well, the first thing I'm going to say is, is I'm not a kindness expert. I'm a kindness advocate. <laughs> I do not have this figured out, people. So, yikes! Kindness and, advocate. Okay, I'm gonna change that. <laughs> and I and a kindness champion because I, I champion the cause of kindness, but it doesn't mean that I've won any gold medals for it. Jeez, Louise. Um, we can all I'm get a, better. <laughs> right? No kidding. I'm a mom of three. I have a 15-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old son, and a nine-year-old son. And I am married to a guy I fell in love with in sixth grade. Aww. He didn't date me. Yeah, isn't that cute? He wouldn't that date me until so I was 24. Well, yeah, because in sixth grade, girl, girls have cooties. And so That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a persistent little stinker, though. So I waited till I was 24, and eventually he married me. So, ha, I won. <laughs> Sounds like he won too. <laughs> well, thanks. He's a basketball coach, and coaches mean uh, a coach's wife's life means that uh, there's also, uh, often periods of transition. And so we just moved from Athens, Ohio, to Aberdeen, South Dakota, in the past month, and we are going to be on House Hunters in six months because it takes six months to make us look good. But we just finished filming an episode of House Hunters too, so that was pretty fun. But my husband is a men's college basketball coach at Northern State University. So go Wolves. Well, that, that's, that was my next question. So who, what age does he coach? Well, college, that's pretty impressive and pretty darned important too. Yeah, so that's, that's good. Fine. So what were you doing in LA that was leading to, you know, distributing kindness and all of that when you won the car? Tell me, tell us about that. That's kind of fun. Oh, well, I went out to LA to be on the Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show. And that in itself was just a treat. I've done it a couple of times and they are delightful and they love kindness. Yay. So I was out there with two of my team members and I thought, you know, I want to do something that doesn't cost anything, (laughs) but is very (laughs) much an LA experience. And so I was Googling and I found free studio audience tickets for The Price is Right. So we go out there and... um, it's a, a, they take groups of like, I don't know, 30 or 40, and they do a really quick interview with each person. They just walk down the line. Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Hey, where are you from? You know, that sort of thing. So they got mm-hmm. to me and the guy's name, the producer's name is Stan. And Stan says, he looks at me, smiles, says, Hey, what do you do? And I said, I write and speak about kindness. And he stopped and he kind of tilted his head and he said, you do what? I said, <laughs> Yeah, right? So, yeah. Like, you can make a living off of that? I don't know. But um, I said, yes, because my husband has a real job. So, <laughs> that's funny. so yeah, that's I said, yeah, I, I, I legitimately spend my time 
talking about kindness. And he's like, that's cool. And so he just kept going. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the first batch of group that they called to come on down, they said, Nicole Phillips, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Oh, Oh, what did your heart do? I'll bet you just kind of, ah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My heart and my bladder were going crazy at the same time. (laughs) That could be bad timing. (laughs) No kidding. It was wild. But here's the kindness. The really cool kindness in the whole thing was there was a man who was probably 45, 50. He was sitting behind me and he was with his mom and she was probably in her mid to late 70s. And he leaned forward and he said, you're going to be on the show. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, I just know. And because he was just in the studio audience like me and the, his mom leans forward and she says kind of in broken English, I'm very good with numbers. And I thought, ooh, what does that mean? And so I kind of made a joke of it. And I said to everyone sitting around me, like my team members and everything, I'm like, okay, if I get up there, everyone look at Maria because I'm picking Maria's numbers. And so sure (laughs) enough, they called me up and I just kept looking at Maria. And it was like this blind faith that Maria would just get me through. And sure enough, I won a car. Oh Oh my my gosh, gosh, that's so (laughs) exciting. Wow. That's crazy. I love that. I love that. And you've also been a beauty pageant winner. You were Miss Wisconsin in 1997. Yeah, yes. I like well, to tell everyone that I was 11th in the Miss America pageant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you giggle because I imagine you know what my punchline is. They announced the top 10. After that, it's fair game. So I'm pretty yeah. sure I was 11th. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm not the least bit surprised. First off, if you, if you haven't seen Nicole's picture, she's a very beautiful woman. But it's more than that. She, her face, her smile just really speaks to me of kindness. And I, and I think it's, it's all that you're, you're the package kiddo. You're smart. You're intelligent. You're beautiful. You have a happy face. I love happy faces. So, um, you know, so that, that's all good. So we're going to switch gears for just a minute. And I want to hear, and I know our audience does as well. Oh my. I have a big, big golden doodle. Um, (laughs) And I'm so glad we can be friends, breast friends, because now I can walk out and I can say to my golden doodle, come on, honey. (laughs) Don't you know, mommy's on the radio right now. Come on. We're going to go talk about (laughs) kindness. My dog, I have a dog that if he could hear through my headset, he would be barking too right now. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't figured out. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't figured out how to work from home and um, make the kids and the dog be quiet. But Uh, and the husband, we're working on it though. Well, you get a microphone with a mute button. (laughs) Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. That's what I have. So, hey, all right. So now we'll go back to where we were. We would love to hear your cancer story. I know you're a breast cancer survivor. Why don't you tell us when that happened? what was going on in your life at the time. Do you mind? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm 44 years old now, and I was diagnosed on my 40th birthday. I go in every year on my birthday to my doctor because I, I remember to do it then, basically, and then I know insurance will cover it every year. So I went in, and because I was 40, she said, you know, I'm thinking we should do just a baseline mammogram. And then she starts doing the exam, and she feels something on my le- the side of my left breast. And so she says to me, have you felt this before? And I, of course, make a joke out of everything. So I was like, yeah, I just have really lumpy breasts. And (laughs) she said, "Um, 
I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And so then that, that baseline mammogram turned into a diagnostic and, you know, we went through the biopsy and the ultrasound and all that jazz to find out that I had stage two lobular carcinoma. And so anyone who's like a friend of somebody who has cancer and is like, what does that mean? That is exactly how I felt when I was diagnosed. What does that mean? Um, And in human terms, that just means breast cancer. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there are so many different kinds and, 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 you know, and you don't even know these terms exist until you, until it hits you. So, um, so how did your family react to your cancer diagnosis? Uh, They were, they, the, the children wanted very much to be informed, especially my daughter. And she was 11 at the time. And it was really important to her that she know everything going on. Um, and so we were really open and honest from the beginning with all of them that, you know, there was a lump in my breast and they were going to take it out and check it out. And I might be sick for a while, but, you know, um, it'll all be okay. So the other thing, other than being honest, was that um, we tried to laugh about it a lot with two little boys in the house who at the time were, I think, <laughs> third grade and kindergarten. Oh. Like the word breast is breast hysterical. Is like- <laughs> 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 yeah. So we allowed it. We, I mean, when, yeah, it, it was actually great because it just brought, you know, uh, levity to the situation. And, yeah. and so that was all really good. My husband, the first night after we told all of our family and everything, and it was really like settling in that this was really going to happen. I went to bed at like seven. I don't know. I just, I had to just go to bed. So I go in, I, I crawl under the covers and my husband comes in and he gives me a kiss, gives me a little tuck in. And as he's leaving, he grabs his pillow and starts walking out the door and I said aren't you sleeping in here tonight and he goes what I don't want to catch it oh my gosh <laughs> oh honey <laughs> no 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 it was a so joke this, right it was a joke my, though right this is my husband's sense of humor yeah oh. <laughs> and luckily he said "Ooh, that was a high I busted out laughing and he goes yeah that was a high risk joke <laughs> <laughs> you know something Especially I have to so tell early. you Sharon and I Sharon and I did some work in the prison um, here the women's prison for many years um, here in Oregon and one of the first things that we heard from women there about cancer is they really actually do think that you can catch it and so one of the first things we had to do was was eliminate that myth you know we kind of put out a little myths and facts thing and one of the myths is you cannot catch breast cancer I mean it can be you can have a genetic mutation for it but even that's not catching breast cancer and um so when you said that, like my heart went right there. I thought, no, please tell me he was kidding. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, you good. Just, you never know. Though. You never know. Oh. So, what would you what would you say the most helpful advice was that you were given when you went through your cancer journey? Um, honestly, it was it was from my doctor, and she wasn't even a. This was my general uh, family doctor, and she said. Uh, she was the one who found it. And, and as we talked through it a little bit, she said, listen, you're going to walk through a battle for about a year and, and you're going to be really focused in on, on your game plan and what you're going to do. She said, and then all of the doctors are going to go away mm-hmm. and, and you're going to say, what just happened? Right. And depression can set in at that point and anxiety and all kinds of just icky, icky feelings like, oh my gosh. And so that, that 
was such helpful advice for me because when the year passed, when when I was cancer free, um, and it actually took much less than a year, but about a year later, I I really struggled with anxiety and I really struggled with um, some depressive thoughts and things like that because it what she was right. It hit me like a ton of bricks. What yeah. just happened? Yeah, I think that is a very, very common response because when you're in that fight mode, you 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 just put your head down and do it. You yep. know, you just kind of do what you have to do. And then all of a sudden the doctor's appointments stop and and you know, life sort of gets back to normal and then all of this stuff just kind of like attacks us and it's a very scary time I think and that's exactly why uh, Breast Friends started our Thriving thriving Beyond uh, Cancer uh, retreats and workshops and that sort of thing because people didn't know how to move on. Mm, beautiful, beautiful and even now I go every six months to the doctor and I still get a little like... <sighs> You know, every time I go in, every six yeah. months, and and it lasts for about a day. And now I just know to understand those feelings and even welcome them and say, "Okay, I get it. You're here. You're going to go away again. You're fine." Yeah. Well, we're at our break time, so yeah. um, let's talk about uh, what you're doing now after the break. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with kindness champion, Nicole Phillips. So, Nicole, all right. So, you have this diagnosis at 40 years old. You start struggling a bit. And then what happens? Um, Well, what do you mean? Because I feel like, I feel like... um, are you are you asking how kindness is related? What how that related to yeah, my where, battle? Where did that come from? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I actually uh, started on my kindness journey in 2011. I was really kind of passionless about life. It felt very pointless, and it was silly because I had everything I could ever want. You know, I'm married to my childhood crush and I've got three healthy kids and we live in a nice house. And so, what's the problem, right? Um, but I was, uh, on the edge of what anyone would call an alcoholic and I was a drinker and a smoker and an overeater and just really, um, disappointed in my life. Um, and so I had an interaction at our local swimming pool with a girl with long blonde hair in a shiny gold bikini. Oh boy. (laughs) Yep. And I was wearing my mom suit, which... Do you have one of those that starts up at your neck and goes down to your ankles? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen them anyway. <laughs> well, I rocked one. <laughs> and anyway, I, I, I found out that this this young blonde in the gold bikini girl was um was actually a young mom. And we had a really special conversation that day. And the way she did life and the way she enjoyed being with her one and a half year old just inspired me. And so when we walked out to the parking lot and went to get into our cars, I I gave her some money. And um, I just felt this voice saying, you know, go give her some money. And so I pulled everything in my purse out, 60 bucks. And I walked over and I gave it to her. And I said, you, you are really special. And um, you're You and your daughter are going to be a really great catalyst for change in this community. And um, you inspired me today. Thank you for that. And um, she started to cry. And the funny thing is, is I gave her enough money to fill up her gas tank a few times, go to McDonald's maybe, but I got back into my car feeling a high, unlike anything I had ever felt from any bad decision before. Mm. And that's pretty special. Yeah. And I just felt like if everyone knew what this felt like, everyone would want to try it and kindness would be contagious. And so I, I call, I ended up writing up how I felt about that. I sent it into our, the publisher of our paper in Fargo, North Dakota. And I said, I want to write about kindness. I want people to send in their stories of kindness and what they did and how it made them feel or times when kindness showed up at just the right moment and um, they said, okay. And so I had this weekly column that started in Fargo and then eventually branched out into newspapers in North Dakota and Minnesota. And um, that's how the, the two books came about. Kindness is Contagious and Kindness is Courageous. But my husband will say, thank goodness that you had built up this kindness sort of superpower in your life eight years ago. Because four years ago, when I was diagnosed with cancer, if I had been in the spot mentally that I was eight years ago, I, I really believe it would have been a totally different battle for me because I would have given up. I would have, I don't know what I would have done, but, but because I had learned and trained myself to move my eyes off of myself and my own problems and put them onto other people instead, 
I was able to use kindness as a sort of chemotherapy to, to continue to heal myself when I had cancer. You know, I just I just have to say this. If, when I think about seeing a, a woman in a gold bikini with long, blonde, shiny hair, um, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't think of her as as being that needy and would probably not have reached out. I mean, if there's a certain type, I think, that, you know, I mean, I remember one time I reached out to a woman. She was at, she was at McDonald's and she was trying to buy some meal, a meal for a, just a whole pile of kids that were in a van. And it was a beat up van and she didn't have enough money. So I threw a little at it just to, you know, kind of help out. But a, a, a girl in a gold bikini with long blonde hair, shiny blonde hair, um, isn't the ni- kind of the normal thing that you'd think about, I think. Well, Does that sound I think, shallow? I don't, I don't no, know. no, 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 no. The thing that struck me about her um, is that she was about 17 years old, um, tops. She okay. was really young looking, and she was okay. there with a one-and-a-half-year-old. So I actually thought she was the babysitter. And then eventually we started talking, and I was like, ugh. This is the mom and she's got fewer resources than I do, a much smaller support system than I have. And yet she's doing it way better than I am. And you took the time to be interested and cared. I think, I think that's just phenomenal. And I, I just, I just wanted to say that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. And those moments, those moments are what can change our lives. And it looks like that's exactly what happened to you, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, it is exactly what happened to me. And for and for your listeners, those who um, have breast cancer, had breast cancer, or are friends and family, one of the things that I hear from people who um, are going through chemotherapy and losing hair and things like that, I did not have to do that. I did not have to go through that. But um, I've I've had people say to me, you know, people treat me different. They they will look at me and then they'll look away quickly. Um, and so I think that we as a community of people who have sort of been there, been through the tough, I think when we open up and ask people questions, like we can show people how to be kind to others by demonstrating it. So we're at the grocery store and, and we see someone and, and it's okay to say, hey, you know, it looks like it looks like you're going through a lot right now. Are you okay? You know, or I just want you to know that I see you. And, yeah. and I'm thinking about and just, you in this Just moment. even a smile. Just even yes. a smile. I mean, it doesn't even, you know, not everybody has the, the wherewithal to give somebody $60. But, but at the same time, just having a conversation, being seen so you don't feel invisible, you know, smile at that person, whatever. I mean, it's amazing how that makes all the difference. All the difference. You have got that right, Sharon. Yeah. So what are the greatest challenges you face in this kind of work? Because there's a lot of cynics out there, I bet. Oh, there are there are cynics out there. And the one comment I get, I think predominantly, is that people tend to think or mention that they think that there's more bad in the world than good. And that is because we have our eyes focused on the news. And focused on social media and focused on all of these things that lead us to believe it's all bad. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm here to tell you there is more good in the world than there is bad. Um, There's an undercurrent of of beautiful things happening in neighborhoods and amongst friends and amongst strangers and just, you know, like, like, I think, Becky, I think you were the one who said, you know, that you, you threw some money at the, at the, situation of the lady in the van like that stuff's happening 
and no one's reporting on it because right. it's not what sells, but it's happening. And so we can rest in assurance that there is more good in the world than there is bad. Absolutely. And it, it's honestly how we look at it, too. There's oh, always yeah. two sides to every story and then the truth, right? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, yeah. And, and, you know, the way you're looking at something could be completely just out of your filters, your perspective, but it may not even be close to the truth. That is correct. There was a professor who had a large assembly hall and all the students came in and this professor showed the students a picture and it was a white piece of paper and in the middle of it was a black dot. And he gave them all, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to write about it. And then he collected all the papers and he started to read them out loud. And everyone said, um, you know, what everybody commented on the black dot. And so... um, Oh my gosh, this dog. My daughter's even at home and she's taking care of the dog. And the dog. <laughs> it's okay. So sorry. We're dog friendly on this show. <laughs> Goodness gracious, dog. Um, so, um, yeah. So, what, what they all commented on, what they all wrote about was the black dot. Now, some of them were creative and said it's a, you know, hole into an alternate universe. But, but the professor's point in that was no one wrote about the white space. And when we go through problems in our lives, whether it's marital problems, financial problems, uh, diseases, you know, all of those sorts of things, we have this black dot, right? And, and it can become, the, the more you look at it, the larger it will become on the page. But when you remember that the white space around it exists and the white space is the kindness of people sending you a card or, or the person who smiled at you or, you know, it. That white space is where our creativity, where our love, where all of that lives. And so shifting our eyes from that black dot just into the white space where we can see truly that it's not all bad, um, that, that changes our perspective and it changes our truth. Yeah, we can see the possibilities, too, when yep. we pay attention to those white spaces rather than the black dots. That makes That's, complete sense. It yeah. certainly does. So yep. in, in a world with, you know, all of these medical tests and treatments and friends that are sick, and how do we look for the good? Mm. Well, Mr. Rogers' mom had the best <laughs> advice on this. I want to be Mr. Rogers when I grow up, by the way. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love it. I have a picture of him in my office. Someday, someday I'll be like Mr. Rogers. Um, his mom told him when he was a little boy and bad things would happen, he said, she said, Fred, look for the helpers. And, and that's, that is so powerful when you think about it, because whether it's flooding or a school shooting or you at your doctor's appointment alone, there are helpers there. There is someone special just off to the side, making things more bearable for people. And those are the people we need to focus on. Those are the people living in the white space. Mm-hmm. And that's where we really want to move our focus to. You know, I want to I want to share a real quick little story that happened years ago for me and it's one of those things that you wish you could go back and fix, you know, but I was I was still too new in my own diagnosis to really even have the strength or the courage, I guess, maybe to to do something right, but I was having radiation for my first battle through cancer and there was a woman um that was in the waiting room, and she was an older lady, probably in her 70s, 
And she started crying out loud and she said, I don't want to die. And I mean, my heart was just aching for her, but I was still hurting myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was feeling very protective of my own heart at that moment. But so many times I've had a vision of that woman and I, I wish I would have gone over and just wrapped my arms around her. Don't tell her it's going to be okay because maybe it isn't. I don't know her story, but Mm -hmm. she was so alone at that moment. And what an act of kindness that would have been. And so I've had opportunities to come over and wrap my arm around somebody since then, and I've done it. But that was my teaching moment. And if I can share that with somebody here on the air, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be in that situation. You'll be sitting there you know, in a in a place where either you're the one that's upset and somebody comes over and wraps their arm around you or you have a chance to go over and just pat somebody's hand and just let them know that I'm here, you know, you're not alone. And sometimes that's all they need is to know is that they're not alone. And, and that's kindness. That, that's huge. And again, I wish I would have done it right, but but we learn from our mistakes. And I think it's probably better, Becky, that you didn't do it right the first time because you may have done it right and, and hugged this woman and then you wouldn't have felt that regret of not doing what you felt convicted to do. And so in the future, it wouldn't be as impactful. That's you true. may have missed people. So when, once you missed it once, you became ultra aware of things that you might have missed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and we can all we can all take those steps up. So let me ask you, um, what to you, you talked about giving purpose to the pain. What does that mean to you? Well there's a lot of studies done on resiliency that show, especially in the military, that people who can find a reason for what they're going through uh, end up really excelling. It really helps with post-traumatic stress and things like that. And so when I was diagnosed, I remember being on the floor. I was picking something up on the floor. I was on my hands and knees for the kids. And um, I was alone in the living room. And I I have a, a faith. I have a, a strong faith. And I felt like I heard God say to me, Nick, this is breast cancer. Um, and this is before my diagnosis came through. Uh, I heard, this is breast cancer. I need you to show other with women that I am with them in times of trouble. And so at that moment, I just, it was like, oh, oh, I'm going through this, but I'm not going through this to have my own pity party or because, you know, the universe hates me. I'm going through this because I'm meant to help other people. And that changes the game. And so I started I started blogging and, and sharing my story just really openly. And then I had a friend who's a professional photographer come alongside of me. And she started taking pictures of all of my, my appointments, my reconstruction. So um, together we um, are almost finished, almost ready to publish a book called Borrow My Brave, A Breast Cancer Survivor Bears All. And basically it is, you can see my naked breast from the time you could see the, the dimpling on the side of my breast and kind of the bruising where the cancer was all the way through, you know, after the mastectomy, after the first reconstruction, um, all of it, after the second reconstruction, um, all of it is there laid out so that people don't have to go and Google, you know, breast, breast cancer, any of that. Um, so to me, that, that led me through my cancer journey because I knew I was helping other people. 
And I think that'll be a wonderful resource for people because, um, as I've talked about on different shows, you know, the way I got involved in uh, Breast Friends originally was my my plastic surgeon asked me to meet with people. And we would meet and talk about all of the situations. And bottom line, they wanted to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so ultimately, we'd go in the bathroom and we would, you know, play show and tell. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think this will be a great um, opportunity for people to really realize how how it looks and some of those questions can be can be answered and that scariness can kind of be um, taken away a little bit. That's right. uh, you know, before we got to break, I want to ask you a question that's actually not even on my list here. And it was something you touched on earlier, but I want to come back to it for a minute. You know, for some people who are really shy, Um, and they don't really know how to reach out to somebody. They can see a person hurting, kind of like I did when I saw that woman. What are some, do you have some, some, like, just little snippets of ideas of how you can approach somebody, knowing that you're shy, not everyone's going to feel comfortable just going over and giving somebody a hug. What are some other things that a person can do to demonstrate kindness? And and then we're going to take a break after you answer part of this anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. I feel like um, there are a couple of ways to do it. And one is, um, you know, you can write down on a little note, like, I, I see you and I'm, I'm here for you. Or if you have faith, you know, I'm praying for you, whatever, and just kind of slide it over to them. But the other thing is, I think what helps us to step out of our comfort zones when we're very shy is to know that this isn't about you. This isn't about uh-huh. them judging you. This is about a person who needs your strength. And even if you don't feel very strong right now or you're very shy, they need you. And very seldom will people say no when they know someone really, really needs them. That is great advice. You know, sometimes God calls very um, kind of weak people to come forward and do some pretty great things. So, so that's uh, that, that's pretty, that's good. That's a good way to look at that. So on that note, we're going to go out to break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with kindness champion Nicole Phillips. And Becky, I think you had a couple questions, didn't you? Yeah, I just want to kind of finish up the kindness conversation, and then we're going to kind of switch gears and talk about your books and things. But um, I just want to make sure that everybody understands what is a kindness champion, because we've already discussed how underrated kindness is. And I think it's, um, how can we all be kindness champions? What is it? Well, I feel like a kindness champion is not someone who has won the game of kindness. Uh, A kindness champion is someone who is behind the cause of champion. So, or behind the cause of kindness, meaning I love to talk about kindness. Uh, It's at the forefront of my mind always. And being able to hear other people's stories and then kind of like, like rip open the barrier between them and everyone else so that other people can hear their stories. That's, that's kind Mm -hmm. of, that's my jam. That's what I love to do is to take those stories and share them via, you know, um, my podcast or on the radio or writing or speaking so that those stories are adding pieces of light to a sometimes dark world. Well, that explains why kindness is so important to you, because I was going to ask you that next. <laughs> but it seems yeah. like, well, like that's... And I would say that kindness is important to me because I know it has the power to transform a life. I mean, after meeting the Gold Bikini Girl one year later, after being intentional about kindness and beginning to write that newspaper column, I had totally quit drinking. I had quit smoking. I lost 30 pounds. I re-fell in love with my husband, who it turns out is a really great guy. <laughs> And I just began enjoying life. Like that gap between living life and loving life was sealed with kindness. Mm, Love that. So what's your favorite kindness story? Your very favorite one. So I remember laying in bed one morning. This is after I was diagnosed and it was really, really stormy out. And I woke up at, you know, 4.36 in the morning or something like that. And I had this dark cloud over my head, metaphorically and literally, Um, And I remember thinking like, I have cancer. That sucks. 
and what's going to happen to me? And, and then I was laying there, couldn't sleep. And I thought about a woman who lived down the street from me in a tent on my neighbor's lawn. She was living in the tent because she had just gotten clean. She had just gotten off of meth and heroin and was rebuilding her life. And every morning at 4.30 in the morning-ish, she would get up and she would walk across town to her job at the dry cleaners. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. And she was like adamant about staying clean. She just, but she had to prove herself, right? Before she could get an apartment or anything like that, she had to really walk the, the hard. And so I remember thinking I should get up and give her a ride to work today because it's raining. And, and I was like, no, no, no. Like I have cancer. <laughs> I am <laughs> physically at my limit. I am financially at my limit. I am emotionally at my limit. Like I'm over it. I can't be kind. And so I rolled over. I went back to sleep. And um, later in the day, I was uh, driving and I saw this woman, that, that same woman, walking home from work. And I pulled over and I said to her, hey, Don, how you doing? And then I said words that I wish I hadn't said. I said, are you still walking to work every morning? Because I knew if <laughs> I knew. asked her, <laughs> oh, I knew if I asked her, I'd, I'd want to do something about it. You know, like get her a taxi or an Uber or something. I don't know. And so she said to me, yeah, I am. She said, but I'm going to get paid soon and I'm going to buy a bike. And I kind of, I looked at her and I went, wait, you need a bike? And she said, yeah, because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it it would just cut down the amount of time that I, that it takes to walk and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Dawn, I have a bike in my garage, an extra one. No one has used it. It's, it's just sitting there. Why don't you come over and look at it? So she walked up to my driveway a couple hours later. And I pulled out the bike and now Dawn looked at the ground. She had a really hard time making eye contact ever. And so she would look at the ground and her hair was kind of over her face. And she looked up very shy and very ashamed of this life she had led. And and she looked up at the bike and then she kind of looked at me and um, she said, this, this will be great. I'll, I'll just use it and I'll bring it back as soon as I can afford to buy one. And I said, no, 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 Dawn. I don't want, I don't want your, I don't want your money. I don't want the bike back. This is a gift. It's extra. I just want you to have it. And she said, why would you do that for me? And I thought, how strange that someone has had so little kindness paid to them in life that it would not make any sense why someone who is a virtual stranger would reach out to them. And I said, Don, I see you. I just, I want you to know that it might feel like you're walking this alone right now. It might feel like nobody cares how hard you're working and nobody even sees it. But I want you to know that I see you and I care. And I just, I think you're amazing. And she started Mm -hmm. to cry and she, and she rode the bike away. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. As she rode that bike away, there was no cancer in my body. I just did not feel the least bit sick, the least bit sorry for myself, the least bit anything. And that was a powerful lesson for me in kindness going through my my cancer journey because on the days I woke up with that dark cloud over my head, I knew I had to go out and be intentionally kind. In some way, I had to Mm. reach out and love on another person that day. And it snapped me out of a bad day every time. 
That's something. So it's not just like something that comes along at the right moment, so then you can be kind. You actually look for ways to be kind. Oh, yeah. I am very I intentional that. about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you're, you've taken it to the workplace, it sounds like. So we have intentional kindness in, in the workplace on your website. What, yeah. Yeah. It's what, one of the... Go on. I was just saying, what, 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 what led to that? Oh, sorry, Sharon. Um, well, it's one of the things that I love to talk about. And I feel like the two places people have a really hard time being kind are in their home and in their workplace. Uh-huh. And so uh, <laughs> home is a little trickier to, to work through. So um, why, that- why is that? <laughs> because- Seriously, why is that? Why are we kinder to strangers than we are to our own family sometimes? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that we just feel comfortable enough to be real. And so sometimes they just get the dirt, you know, we don't hold it together for them. And um, there, I love to speak in churches, particularly about that, because it's, it comes back to a matter of gratitude. And, um, you know, when my kid leaves his pink Crocs, on the floor of the, you know, for everyone to trip over instead of putting them in the closet where they belong, I can look at them now and I can think my 13 year old son wears pink Crocs <laughs> because his mom had awesome. breast cancer. It is awesome. Good for him. Favorite color is pink. Like how cool is that? So it's a matter of, of transitioning that thought. But in the workplace, um, that's difficult for people too, because that's kind of like our second family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, several of the the tools that I love to talk with people about is number one, expecting people to be kind. When you pick up the phone, you have a smile in your voice. One of my team members taught me that from her years of, of telemarketing training. She said, you must always have a smile on your face when you pick up the phone because it changes the way you speak and yeah, it changes you the way you hear it. You act to you. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. So that's one of them. The other is to expect people to be kind instead of like, oh, my boss hates me. I know, you know, um, they're going to say something to annoy me today. Well, if you were looking for ways for people to annoy you, guess what? (laughs) You'll find them. You'll you'll absolutely find all of those ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my main message in in the Kindness in the Workplace uh, series is is that what you look for is what you'll see. Mm -hmm. And so training ourselves to look for the good and the kindness instead of allowing ourselves to be on autopilot and, you know, naturally looking for the the disappointment. Yeah, no, that that's really good. And, you know, I, I want to, it sounds like you're also passing what you've learned on to your daughter. I was reading on your website um, and you've taught your da- daughter, Jordan, right? Yes. Okay. And she's doing these cozies for the cure, which is a fundraiser for Komen. And I, I just think, and how old is she? And how old was she when she started doing that? She's 15 now. She was 15. 11. Uh, when she started. And basically what happened was I was diagnosed and she says she was sick of sitting on the sidelines. She did not like the fact that there was no way for her to help me get better. Uh, no way to speed along the process. So she um, just asked me, can mom, can I sew these little coffee cup sleeves? You know, the ones that you put on your maybe Starbucks cup, cup mm-hmm. so that don't get their hands hot. Yeah. And can I ask people for a $5 donation? And, and can I, you know, then give that to the Susan G. Coleman Foundation? And I said, sure, that sounds fine. I don't have any energy to help you, but I'll put it on Facebook. Well, that 
within within a month, she had raised five thousand seven hundred dollars. Oh, good for her! But here's the so best can part: we, can we bring her into our best friends world? You know, <laughs> uh, she would love to talk to you. Yes, um, but Walmart found out about it, ordered two hundred seven thousand cozies, and Holy Jordan money. has. Um, been able to make a donation to the Susan G. Komen Foundation um, to the tomb of, of more than one hundred thousand dollars. So how did she make two hundred and seven? What did you say? Thousand cozies. I mean, yeah, they mass produce those. Yeah, those are mass produced. Those guys, I'm sure. Well, yeah, the so ones she does now though are are homemade, handmade. Okay. Well, we're going to run out of time, so I didn't want to. Do that before we have a chance to talk about your book. So you've got two books already done. Um, we only have a minute. So could you tell people how they can get a copy of your book? And then I want to talk to you about something personal. I have a personal request for you. So Sure. Amazon. Uh, okay. Kindness is contagious. Kindness is courageous. Or you can go to my website, braveandkind.net. Okay, great. So one of my goals in my life to before I ever die is to speak in all 50 states and Wisconsin is on my list and I know you're from there. So at least at one point in your life, you were from there. So Hawaii is also on my list. I'm trying to get there too. Have you been to North Dakota too? I have not. I've been to South Dakota. I haven't been to North Dakota. So there's another one. Wisconsin and North Dakota. We're going to work on hooking you up. I'm going to put the kindness team on it. Yep. Good. Because I got 18 more states to go to hit all 50 of them. So we got you. and you know what's kind of been a fun thing for me recently is you know most most of the time I speak at survivor events and and you know kind of share some humorous stories and you know but having survived this five times and I swear every time it happens there's a little bit more of the message that you know I can kind of create but I've also really lately I wanted to I want to start reaching out more to like uh, women's Christian conferences and things because there's I think there's just so much more to talk about. And cancer is certainly a big part of my story, but mm-hmm. but that's my goal. I'd also like to speak in Ireland. So if any of our Irish listeners are uh, listening, and I know you speak English, so <laughs> hey, me too. Can I, I go with you on that? Yes, <laughs> my, I might need a translator just because I talk fast. But slow <laughs> <laughs> down. Uh, but I, you know, it's it's just it's something. Even though I'm going through this pretty hefty battle right now, it's still. It's, you know, when you have a passion for something and you know it's your purpose, you need that as much as you need air to breathe. Yes. So I know that these are still some things, there's still some things on my plate that I need to do and want to do. And so, yeah, if we can, if we can work together on any of that, Nicole, I'd be so happy. Uh, <laughs> and as far as this interview goes, you know, it's going to be live on our host site here shortly. And then you can link to it from now until, you know, your heart's content and you can talk about this interview. I think that what you're doing is phenomenal. And I just need to wrap this up right now. So thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.